0: Hello and welcome to episode 31 of Ashes of the Imperium, a 40k podcast from sunny England. My name is Dan, and I will be your guide through the 41st millennium as we discover a psychic awakening. I'm scared, Dan. Oh, help. Hold me, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh so psychic awakening that that was totally on my podcast notes for the last thing we're going to be covering but i'm i'm really interested to see see what this is all about you
1: you just you just had like a thought in your mind that you had to do it first
0: exactly i i have awoken my third eye has awoken (laughs)
1: It's family show please <laughs> uh,
0: all the jokes actually there's a lot to cover in this podcast episode so we're not going to do it all we're not going to talk about space marines a huge amount uh well yes. although we may talk about them a little bit we have been inundated with space marine releases space marine reveals and other reveals as well it's been quite uh quite an interesting couple of weeks hasn't it
1: and i think it's been a lot of um anticipation everybody wants some new toys for their marines and um i think we've been rewarded
0: so this all came out off the back of the sunday preview after the apocalypse mega battle or was it saturday night it was it was quite late i think it was 2100 on saturday night wasn't it uh, and then we saw a whole bunch of cool things so primaris characters yes khan yeah. and tiggy
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: looking pretty baller
1: so much character exactly what you want i think, I think knocking it out of the park
0: yeah and, and actually the kind of you can see the age on tiggy's face really i th- that's what i quite like about it is his his face is quite deeply lined he you know he is the he's the grand librarian the chief librarian rather isn't he so he's 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 been through a few things yeah and, and i think
1: you know being the older representation of the older demographic in this podcast it's nice <laughs> to see and same with the canon s that we've seen previewed i mean she's definitely um got some wise wrinkles on her face so i think yeah no
0: i like it. i like that it's interesting how old people can be in the 41st millennium
1: absolutely there's all sorts of uh, drugs and ceremonies will get you through so i think i think to see them yeah especially you know they've taken the more administrative or leadership roles so I, th- I think yeah it just adds character and depth and realism to this pretend game of little spacemen and aliens
0: exactly and realism is important as as we have seen in some of the uh the backlash <laughs> on one wow. of the other reveals which we'll get to in due course so i'm waiting i'm waiting <laughs> waiting with bated breath and rotten tomatoes so <laughs> let's kind of talk about this then a little bit so primaris characters we've seen some of the heroes of the Imperium cross the Rubicon primaris and basically step up to become super space marine yeah and interestingly we have we have got a a copy of the new space marine codex in our grubby mitts and it is very exciting but one of the interesting things that comes out of it is that there are no special characters no named characters in the core book itself no because and I got really excited. I thought I was going to be really, really clever. And I immediately went to the HQ section and went, well, if Tiggy's got a Primaris model and Khan's got a Primaris model, I wonder which other ones will be in this book. Ha ha ha, look at me, aren't I clever? <laughs> and lo and behold, the cup- cupboard was bare. Yeah. <laughs> the cupboard was bare. So I think that's interesting because we'll see them drop out in the supplements. I've also seen a little bit of... Um, I know I'm not one to take Facebook negativity too seriously, but people whinging that uh, it's a money grab. So if I want to play White Scars, why do I now have to buy two books?
1: Yeah, uh, so I think my, my position on this is if we had um, enough coverage of all of our heroes and all of our chapters and all of their special abilities, the basic Space Marine book would have to be huge. And then you're gonna be people gonna be moaning about why do I have to pay forty, fifty quid for this heavy book that I have to take everywhere that I don't need, you know, most of the HQ section, I don't need 90% of this, or I don't need that. So I think for me, having the ability to have a we'll call it a generic space marine book, or we call it a core space marine book, that's probably a nice word. We've got a core space marine book. And then you can supplement it with your um supplements as well um then i think for me that works and i think for me i'd much rather see supplement books that have got a lot more information in, got background we've got you know that make actually makes the chapters very different then i'm all for that i think anything that makes them play differently fit theme differently you know everything stratagems artifacts all those different things that you know we'll be seeing in there it just feels like a, a a bigger win you never please everybody i mean
0: and also the nearly 200 page (laughs) codex (laughs) 192 pages i think all in uh it's it's only 20 quid if you get it from a a third party retailer and the supplements are only 14 quid so i'm looking at element gains prices 20 quid for the codex and 14 quid for the supplement it's really not a huge amount uh but in the core book or you know of which there are 200 pages or so so chapter tactics white scars are in there good Successor chapter tactics, warlord traits, all the all the stratagems a man or a woman could ever want. Uh, yeah. Chapter relics, all sorts of various different psychic disciplines and litanies of battle. All these things you can use in your White Scars army or your other chapter's army. Yeah. Whereas actually if, if something if, if there is a chapter that you are really interested in, so take White Scars as an example, then you're paying about 14 quid for a book that's got, you know, 30 or so pages of lore, um, a bucket load of artwork. Um, so, especially if you are maybe new to the newer to the hobby, and you you do want to see more of the the, the range in White Scars colours, then you can do that. And actually, it is quite cool because you can then really add a bunch of depth to an existing army without bulking up the codex. So it's completely ridiculous, you know. So two hundred pages—it's a, it's a fairly chunky book, the core book as it is. Yeah. You've got tactical <laughs> objectives in there. You've got a psychic discipline. You've got two pages of stratagems, you've got two pages of relics, warlord traits, and their own kind of, you know, special abilities. Yeah. And then a couple of unique uh, data sheets.
1: And I think for me, it just keeps the door open that we might get some more maybe obscure ones or more different ones that were starting to appear, I think.
0: What, well, as in chapter supplements? Yeah. Oh, do, sort yeah. of down the line way? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, maybe. I think at the moment we're looking at how many? Let's have a look. Six, so, One, two, three, four, five, six, yeah. So, ultrarines, white scars, iron hands, fists, salamanders. Wolves? And, and the other one, no. <laughs> uh, well, no, wolves, blood angels and... Um, oh, Yeah uh dark angels will get their own books yeah unless we get an angels of death book like we had before okay with blood angels and dark angels in it like, yeah like from a second edition that could be quite yeah. cool but no i think so what did we have back a few editions ago we had uh we had the kind of the headline ones but then we also had do we have a successor chapter supplement or am I thinking of a special edition? Anyway, regardless, it'll be interesting to see, uh, before yeah. we kind of waffle on with what it could be, uh, it'll be interesting to see what it is. And I think it allows Games Workshop to add a lot more interesting depth to its rules. So things like Sword Brethren and Black Templars Crusade squads. Yeah. It allows them to really bulk out those, those, uh, those aspects of the game whilst also giving them really, really unique rules. So fine, you're running a Black Templars army. You're not going to take any librarian disciplines maybe they've got an expanded bunch of chaplain rules yep
1: yep makes sense yeah I like that
0: so which which uh, currently non-primary space marine special character are you looking forward to seeing in the primaries flesh
1: I've always had a bit of a thing for salamanders so
0: ladies and gentlemen I'm sorry we're going to have to end the podcast there Steve, it's been nice knowing you. Uh,
1: no. I like their their their, their, their vanilla
0: like... boringness.
1: No. I think <laughs> whether whether, whether, it's, whether it's the dinosaur skins or what, I don't know. Something draws me to them.
0: Oh cool, yeah. Dinosaurs are cool. Fair enough, I'll give you that. Drake Capes.
1: Yeah, drake capes. Bow ties, like Doctor Who.
0: Exactly. But <laughs> drake capes are cool. Um okay, so Salamanders. So you're looking forward to seeing a kind of vulcan-esque monstrosity yeah. in primaris that could be quite cool
1: yeah yeah
0: exactly that would be quite cool
1: you know what what might be accompanying him on the base or um what might his base look like you know he's,
0: on, think... he's on a 25 mil round at the moment Ooh, no hero him up
1: yeah hero him up
0: hero him up yeah. bigger pointy stick with a pointier end more flames, more drakes.
1: It increased hero value by 200%. Exactly.
0: So I'm looking forward to Grimaldus, obviously, because he is absolutely baller. Yeah. Uh, and looking forward to seeing like maybe a new a new retinue of his, uh, okay. his little servitors. Yeah, yeah. You know, we haven't seen... I don't think we've seen a modern servitor since, no. um, since the Admet kind of war servitors.
1: No, no, that's true. I don't think that's what the supplements will allow, won't they? They will allow... Um, you know a, a new hero and then a specialist unit that can come in and add flavor to them that just lives in the supplement book
0: yeah like like sword brethren yeah. maybe oh you could get primary sword brethren
1: <laughs> even bigger swords
0: even bigger swords even <laughs> bigger brethren so <laughs> this is this is why i i guess this kind of uh, will slightly sidetrack into maybe our tales of many painters projects um because this is why I'm really interested in seeing how I can maybe do an Unnumbered Sons project because there's far too many cool special characters out there yeah. to just do one, do one yeah. chapter, especially because I've picked Sons of Medusa. There aren't any Sons of Medusa special characters. No. Uh, that, that, that that they have models for. Obviously, there is um, What's-His-Name, he says, typing into Google the name of the chap. There is Forged World Rules 4... Ah, I can't remember. Comes with a big thunder hammer, i think, thinking a of... Veiland Cow, that's it.
1: Okay.
0: The Iron Thane of the Atropos War Clan, High art- Artificer of the Sun. To... The Undisputed Master of the Atropos <laughs> War Clan. All the superlatives. <laughs> master Weaponsmith.
1: Voice Over Dan takes over.
0: Oh dear, yeah.
1: No, but it should be heroic. It should be. These are High Imperial Warriors, aren't they? They should have more titles than um, than you can possibly imagine.
0: Yeah, covered in purity seals.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So talking about other new models that we're actually getting, Dan.
0: Uh-huh, yeah, before I get distracted by reading <laughs> the Sons of the lexicon on page. So yeah, that I literally was just doing that. So talk to me about the Invicta Tactical Warsuit, Steve. Is it a dreadnought?
1: So it's clearly described as not a dreadnought. And is it, is it stealthy? It's a, it's a stripped down and redesigned a version of the redemptor dreadnought is it stealthy yes it has been described as having uh lightened materials with sound dampening for use on covert operations
0: how does that uh, make you feel
1: i think i think i, I, I kind of have a bit of a twitch about
0: it a bit of a twitch let, so, i so just let, I, let me let, please let me please read this out <laughs> Because this this tweet or oh, Facebook post was was literal gold. It's brilliant from the Iron Tenth of Istvan on Facebook Games Workshop. It's a conversation between Games Workshop and fans. Games Workshop. This city-sized spaceship is guided by three-eyed psychic mutants by catapulting them into a hell formed of human emotions that operates on randomly determined rules and is con- inconsistent on how it interacts with matter. Fans, perfectly sensible. Games workshop this new mech suit for space marines is capable of moving relatively quietly fans <gasps> this is so unrealistic my immersion is broken what the hell <laughs> <laughs> so
1: uh, i i come back to you with that with the, about communications and, and uh, the choice of words okay i think the challenge i have with the description so let's just wind it back a bit i love the suit i love the idea of the suit uh, um it's part of the whole vanguard. Lightweight, you can ship it out on a, you know, on a smaller craft. It's probably it's quicker. It's going to be. It's very much about being a support for the ground troops, and for me, that makes total sense. That's this. this is this is if you like, your yeah. um Italian talent class buggy. It's it's, it's that's it. It's it's, it's, a, it's a it's a lightweight buggy that walks to carry slightly bigger guns that will support the guys on the ground. And for me, that's that's absolute tactical sense, military sense, totally believable. And and I think for me, it has absolute place in the army for that reason. But to say that it can be concealed in a forward position like infiltrators and incursors, I mean, Primaris are, what are they, like nine feet tall or something? If And this is two, almost three times the size. For me, it just seems to have taken that idea that it can be really sound dampening. So sound dampening, if we think of sound dampening, we think of those super clever headphones that play anti-noise, which means you you don't hear anything else. I think it's just a use of words, because actually I think if you just go back to the, the, um, the post you said... What was that? How did they describe those words? They said it was
0: capable of make... moving relatively quietly.
1: See, I think that i would be happy with. I think it's just it just doesn't need. So the other way of doing it, the other way of doing it is looking at it and saying, well, my guys are all fighting in you know, on a death world in the jungle. And actually, I'm going to camo up my war suit and I'm going to put some foliage on it. And you know, I'm not going to say it's going to you know put its arms out looking like a tree or anything daft. But you can then say, oh, okay, that makes sense. I can see this is a you know.
0: But then camos would be inconsistent with the the, the whole space room range. So I it get worked. what get what you're saying there, but that's that's completely yeah. at odds with with what the previous so, kind of.
1: But but I think this is where we're kind of bumping into this whole change of role for the vanguard. I think for me. When we're talking about Space Marine chapters, it is absolutely about their presence and intimidation on the battlefield. That's like, oh my god! you Because know, I think I think everything we read about Space Marines is they are truly terrifying to the average person. And, and we, you know, we got to see ourselves as the average person in this storytelling. So I think the fact that you know they can be these colours, and and as much as anything, it's like heraldry throughout the ages. It's the fact that you see the you know napoleon's guard marching on because you recognize them from their banners and their their colors you know they're doing that to intimidate you to, to scare you and i think that works brilliantly for the space marines but that's because you see them coming you see them on the battlefield you see them coming at you i just wonder where how vanguard can do that quite so well if they're trying to hide in a bright red outfit
0: yeah fair one interesting i think that intimidation and you know all that stuff that you talked about there comes in different guises. Yes, it would be intimidating to see a squadron of Redemptor dreadnoughts stomping towards you with aggressors in uh, in bright red colours. It would also be fairly intimidating to wake up to be the only one left alive in a an installation with the rest of your friends, you know, with mass reactive bolt rounds exploded into them.
1: Yeah, and again, I think actually then if it, you know, if it is the bromar's marines that have snuck in and done that okay that feels fine but for me i just don't see how the warsuit's going to get through the front door sneak up the stairs to bunk
0: fourteen. A, i think i think i think you're i think you're being a bit extreme in that because if you so let's read the warhammer community words because you say that the words on that Facebook post were interesting. So the Invicta Tactical Warsuit is designed with sound-dabbling materials. They exist. That's fine. They exist in the 21st century, so I'm, I'm sure they might exist in the 41st millennium. Yeah. Enabling it to move at great speed with minimal noise output. Not no noise output, but minimal noise output in support of the living pilot's vanguard brethren. So the equivalent of switching off one's headlights whilst driving through <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, you know, the North African desert uh, in your, you know, Pink Panther Land Rover. And if we refer to the Space Spring Codex, uh, it even goes on to describe itself as a, you know, a stripped back variant of the Redemptor, strength, resilience, and firepower. So lots on its support aspects. But here we go, deployed in every capacity from armored escort duties to close-range siege-breaking and urban monster hunts. See that 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 last piece just nails it. That's fine.
1: That's exactly as I see the role of it. So I think I think it's just
0: their reactors and servos are rigged to run with a minimum of sound, and their weapon loadouts allow to unleash punishing firepower from either a twinned ironhell autocannon or a compact incendium cannon whose pyrotechnic blasts reduce swathes of enemies to blazing corpses in a heartbeat. So, like, no Pink Panther, um, second reference to that, uh, no Pink Panther, like, stealth, um, you know, like Horace and Jasper trying to steal the 101 Dalmatians creeping up the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> That's just not a thing. I think people just, people just love to be, yeah, fine, it's a space marine in another big machine, so let's put lots of baby carrier gifs in their memes. So I think it's cool. It's cool. You know, if you look at uh, a covert force in the modern world, is uh, an AC one hundred and thirty supporting? I know, like I don't know, Delta Force or whatever. You know, Navy SEALs or something like that. Is is yeah. an AC one hundred and thirty stealthy, or is it a massive plane that makes loads of noise?
1: Well, it has a standoff role, doesn't it?
0: Well, maybe that's what this does.
1: Uh, no, but we say that it can be concealed in a forward position. We don't definitely don't be throwing your AC one hundred and thirty into a forward <laughs> position. <laughs> I, I, I think something has the, gone terribly wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I just think it, for me personally, the the initial post just felt like it did. So it comes down to does the description and how it plays match the model. And I know this is all something that GW are always trying to achieve. They want a, a great looking model. It's a great looking at how do we bring that to life? And I just think it doesn't quite look as Dealthy as it, it, it and i think they've softened the language a little bit in later ones and maybe it's just maybe sound dampening is just a word that's triggered a few people but the most important thing for me is i love the model i love its role as being a um a lightweight fast moving support option for the vanguard so for me it's always a win i just i'm just happy to argue about how stealthy that can really be <laughs> and i think i think for me it's um i think for me so so i think for me maybe it's just because it's new territory i don't want to drag this out but i mean if we if, if we had if it, if it was eldari saying it was so you could imagine some of their walkers just literally you know ballet like barely touching the ground moving around i just i just think it Everyone just imagine these things go, you know, how,
0: how would you make that choir? Um, Just for listeners, that was actually not a primaris (laughs) vanguard in Victor Tactical Warsuit marching through one of our uh, uh, rooms. That was actually Steve. So fret (laughs) not, we are okay.
1: Hauntingly lifelike as always.
0: (laughs) Because obviously if one was walking through the rooms with us, we wouldn't be able to hear it because of all the sound happening.
1: (laughs) So so I, I think for me, as I say, great model, great role, love it. But it's also, we've got some other nice models to talk about, haven't we done?
0: We do. I mean, we're getting multi-part versions of the things we've seen in Shadow Spear. Yep.
1: We're
0: also getting a Primaris Transport, dedicated transport, with some weird little flatbed kind of truck bit. It looks cool from the front, looks a bit weird from the back, the Impulsor. Yeah. It's um, got all the stubbers.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like it. I think it's it it, it fits with... The whole aesthetic with everything i think it's fits nicely i'm not 100 sure about the panels on the side but yeah it's a transport i mean it's, it's a battle taxi isn't it i mean it's a, fill it full of marines and run it forward i think it does does what it says on the 10
0: and you can also modify it with uh, various different um, turret options you can have an anti-aircraft weapon a missile weapon you can have a comms relay and all sorts, which I think we'll probably get to in greater detail when we go through the codex. Also, Eliminators with uh, LAS
2: fusils. Yes.
0: And a, a different variant to make Infiltrators uh, out of. Yes. What are these called? In something. Incept Impulse Invict. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just find what they're called.
1: Uh, Incursor. The, there we go. Yeah.
0: yeah. Incursor. Uh Haywire Mines.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're nice. Nice, just another tactical option and, and fit with the whole Vanguard role, don't they?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So all this, all this Space Marine chat has got me incredibly excited for our tale of, hashtag tale of many painters. Yes. Uh, because as I mentioned earlier, I'm I'm really considering doing an Unnumbered Sons project. Yes.
1: So just remind the listeners what that means.
0: So when the Primarch Bobby G woke up, and yep. uh, brought out all the primaries bros to to the fight. He, in essence, and I'm going to paraphrase it, so forgive my slightly blase description of it. But he put primaries of lots of different chapters in squads together, so that they can learn each other's, you know, fighting styles and learn to operate in a flexible way, rather than just a squad full of ultrains and a squad full of blood angels, etc.
1: Skill sharing. Yeah,
0: yeah, show and tell. So they were called the Grey Shields they're referred to in uh, the novel Dark Imperium by yep. Guy Haley. They wear the colors of their founding legion their, their founding um, chapter rather. Let's say a, a Blood Angel. A Blood Angel is painted red. However, they have a grey chevron on their shoulder pads to nominate that they are part of the Grey Shields. And then when yep. they when they get to, you know, wherever they're going and they need to be assigned over to their um to their chapter, they just uh Paint, paint over the grey chevron or whatever, and uh, yep. get a new shoulder pad, and they're back in the game. Or, so let's say you are an Imperial Fist and you reach a Crimson Fist uh, chapter unit and uh, they need reinforcing, you just uh, get, get the blue paint out, get that Calgar blue out, Kalgar, cancel, <laughs> cancel. Get my get my space renames right, get your Kanto blue out and uh, probably use a, use a few pots for that Primaris uh, many thin coats or uh, whatever. Yep. And uh, yeah, you just join, join the fray then. So this was something which I was very, very excited about because I was listening to Dark Imperium on Audible on the way home from work one day and I got really excited and I thought, I've been doing my Sons of Producers for a while and it's quite an annoying paint scheme to do because they're so bright green and it takes lots of airbrushing and I've been thinking about doing something a bit generic, let's say. So something like Red Scorpions because they have an unknown founding Uh, kind of chapter so i could use them more flexibly on the battlefield so if i wanted to run a more iron hands successor like sons of magica yep you're going to get most mileage out of that if you run a certain style of list actually you know me i like my different projects i like running various different types of lists so yeah so there we go however i then discovered i got really really excited because i thought i could do almost like a reverse death watch so rather than death watch all being black with a chapter shoulder pad which is something that you know i've i've considered before yeah i thought i could have a space marines i could basically paint a space marine from all the sort of chapters that i like and just smash them into an army with a unified basing maybe you know liberal use of weathering powders to kind of tie that basing into the model so it's so it doesn't look like a a bag of skittles on a tabletop (laughs) but that would be cool and then i could and then i could take each space marine could be not a caricature in a silly way but like could be the most it would be the most Dark Angel Space Marine that existed. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. he would have a hood. He would have a uh, you know a, a cloaky type thing. The Black Templar would be covered in uh, chainsaws and would have a, a Templar tabard and a kind of knightly type, type helmet. The Iron Hand would be all the bionics, the et cetera, et cetera. You know, the Blood Angel would probably use, like, a 4 old helmet, that kind of thing, with one of those tears on it. You know, the, the Sons of the Phoenix one would be covered in candles. <laughs> so that's yeah. that's that's what I, well, that's where I was going with that. And then I discovered, much to my disappointment, <laughs> the Unnumbered Sons' sort of paint scheme, as it were. You know, I said they were painted in their original Legion colours. Yeah. That's because they were only painted in the Founding Legions. Ah, so there wouldn't be Sons of Medusa, there wouldn't be Flesh Terrors, Red Scorpions, Black Templars, even. Okay. And I was a bit, I was a bit kind of like, ah, oh, well, that's disappointing. So I went to Twitter. Much like all good decisions in life, I thought, <laughs> why decide myself based on what I want to do? Why not ask the internet? Why not run a poll? Why not run a poll? Well, I, I just, I actually ran a, ran a rant rather than ran a seven-tweet rant about how excited I was about this. Uh, So, yeah, super stoked. Here we go. Super stoked about doing a hashtag Unnumbered Sons project. Blah, 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 blah. Just found out. Only founding legions were represented. That's a shame. Obviously, that then basically means my project idea is now running against the law. Blah, 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 blah. What do you think? And so... I tagged, I think I tagged Phil, yeah, I tagged Phil Kelly in tweet six out of seven and said uh, something like, I'm a big fan of the law and I don't want to break it. Is that silly or would doing so incur the wrath of at Phil Kelly? Uh, <laughs> and and I got a reply from Phil. And this is basically permission to to do what I want. So... I'm basically going to print this out, laminate it. And when someone has a go at me for running, you know, a silly army that looks like a bag of skittles, I'm going to show this to them and say, well, Phil Kelly told, not only said it was okay, but he also told it, told me to do it.
1: Yes. So you he, basically got a note from your mum. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to Dan, do PE Dan not doesn't, doesn't
0: need to do PE today. <laughs> He's not brought his kit with him. So don't make him do it in his pants and vest. <laughs> so Phil Kelly himself says, I'd say just <laughs> go ahead and do it it's too cool a concept not to explore i mean yeah. if that's not a green light to do it yeah. then then i don't know what is yeah
1: yeah it's
0: 100 solid. yeah no uh
1: that's 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 basically the same as having a purity seal
0: I, I you know i'm tempted to print this out on a bit of purity seal and a, yes. and a wax thing and then yeah <laughs> Absolutely.
1: I'll, I'll print. I'll print you a wax. I'll three D print you a wax seal. That would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have it as a badge, <laughs> and
0: then and then put it on my army list. Yes. And then and then just have, or maybe I could have um, like a little, you know, where it says like what's what chapter tactics you're using. I could just have like a little magnet magnetized bit and I can just change it around depending on which event. And when people say, oh, you're being cheesy, you're changing your army just because you want to run an all tanks so you're now running iron hands, and just because you want to run all jump packs now using Blood blood Angels, I'd be like, hey, it's not my fault. Phil Kelly told me to do it. <laughs> it's got to happen.
1: It's got to happen. And, and honestly, I think that as a project will suit you down to the ground
0: i think my indecision my my kind of lack of movement on this project was because of that because i was like oh i don't really want to paint on that green if i really want to do red scorpions or oh i'd quite like to do black Templars because grimaldos is cool
1: you you have such a high difference kind of meta to yourself that you you kind of get started there oh there's something different over here or, there's something different over here so i think the fact if you can go there's something different but it's still adding to my army <laughs> you're soon going to rack up lots of playable options and that should be cool and it leaves the door open for the new models that we'll get because space marines will always get new stuff
0: yeah and when when they release you know primaris wolf brothers or you know the secret keepers for the dark angels or or whatever you know all these kind of potentially new cool primaris unique units because you've got things like death company and the Sanguine guard for blood angels so there needs to be something similar for primaris because Let's let's assume that you know the Space Marines are you know original Space Marines are on their way out because we're not going to get another original Space Marine release, are we? We're not going to get anything that's no. non-Brymerch. Realistically, I think the only thing that we've had since uh, since eighth edition has been something like the Red Scorpions, uh, heroes of the the, um, the Rift or whatever it was. The um, the two Red Scorpion heroes, one with a banner.
1: No, mate, that sounds cool. That sounds very cool. So that's what yeah. I'm
0: going to do for my Tails army. Right. What are you cool. going to
1: do? I bought a box of the apocalypse uh, battalions that, were, that came out with the, the release for the rules. And I got the, the tank regiment, the um, armored regiment from Astra Militarium, And I um, got all excited about doing a mechanized Talan unit. So as with all things me, I had to go away and research them. I'm about halfway through reading quite an old Black Library book called uh, Desert Raiders, and it's very cool. It's very cool. Interestingly, um, sometimes Black Library books can get dive into the action quite quickly and can be quite lengthy and. I find it quite difficult sometimes with some of those where it's just like, and then he fought him, and then shot them, and then there were some more, and they got shot. And for me, I want to get beneath the dice rolling, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it's not just kind of bolter, you know, stuff, is it? It's just not just constant action. There's a little bit of emotion there. Yeah,
1: I suppose that's what I look for in the books. I look for something other than, like I say, the stat line. So, and this one's really good, um, and actually getting some very interesting understanding about the relationships in the tribes and blood feuds and, and all that sort of stuff. So I think for me, that's kind of like, ooh, that's really interesting. Um, so yeah, so I've gone in on that. I've set myself the narrative challenge of the idea that they are a mechanized unit. So they're out doing what they do, which is they're out uh, flanking or they're a fast moving unit that have been brought in, a hit and run tactics. So that's how I should be able to play them. So everything has to have... Wheels, tracks, or legs that would mean they can keep up. So, no foot slogging. It's got to be all of that. I've looked at obviously the out print models, uh, although they're classic, they're also kind of a bit dated. I haven't got that many infantry anyway. They're a bit dated. So, I've actually gone for a head swap to keep it. Little bit simpler. So that means they'll be a bit cleaner and that uh, they won't have obviously their kind of flowing sort of dust cape things. But I think I've got to make a few and see how I feel. But ultimately for me it's it's tanks, Dan. Dan Dan it's tanks.
0: It's tanks. At the end of the day, oh I've heard nothing <laughs> but you're building a tank army, it's gonna be cool. And it's gonna yeah. have tanks in it
1: yeah exactly but setting that story in place that they are vanguarding they are outflanking they've got to carry all their kit with them so again referencing back to you know more modern conflicts and again i think we begin to see this with, with the new space marine tanks that you know this this and kit on the outside They're, they, they, you know these look lived in and uh, there wasn't a huge amount of space on the inside for all your kit but you still need to keep your your beer cooler on the back and you need to keep all those supplies and camo net or something that or the the camping net that you you know the the shade that you're going to put out when you stop up in the middle of the desert so they're definitely going to be in the desert desert warriors
0: yeah something like a camo net to conceal your tanks when you're in a position (laughs) so what you're saying is you're you're going to do like a kind of scouty recon force Primar- yeah. Primarily consisting of large, heavy tanks, and they're going to have some form of way to camouflage themselves and potentially be in stealthy positions. Right. So yeah, just, I'm, just so, just so I complete, and just so our listeners can completely understand, your quiet. your narrative know. is a big, noisy, heavy thing, and it's they, possible to camouflage it and hide it. Can so, you give me a yes or no answer to that?
1: So. Um, we've we've asked the public. Ask and the after, <laughs> um, I wouldn't make a very good politician, would I? <laughs> uh, uh, so yes, so yes, that, that's the, yes, that's I've got it.
2: Yes, yes,
1: <laughs> yes. They will be noisy. Uh, uh, yes, they'll be hot. So, so interestingly, on that point. So, if you again again look at combats in the desert, so that's obviously Gulf War, uh, Arab-Israeli wars, those kind of things, even all the way back to North Africa for World War Two, then to have um creating your own hold under positions for the tanks so that they can use you know the desert sand so um yes at least one will have a dozer blade on it um, i need to change the mechanics so that the dozer blade looks like it can be moved up and down a bit otherwise it's just going to run into a sand dune <laughs> and stop so i've got to do a little bit of work on that but the whole idea is yes they could make their own now in place fighting is that really to i'm not really sure don't think so so i need to have a think about that so there's there's lots of little things to sort out so maybe i magnetize the blades yeah maybe that's an option uh, maybe the blades goes on the chimera maybe that's its role because it could move some sand that's no problem so yes so the starting force is going to be platoon of three Russ, a commander in a Lehman Russ Chimera that will have either 10 dudes in it or my um, heavy weapons team that come in the box set need to decide on that probably will scope it out to another Chimera but the most exciting addition is that I'm going to have three of the Elysium Talon uh, 4x4 lightweight, not silent um, <laughs> uh, scout vehicles the taros. So, taros thank you sorry they're going to be literally the scout vehicles so i think by the time i what i want to do is i just want to raise them up on the suspension a little bit they i think the tires are good i'm happy with the tires um uh, but i think it just needs to raise them up so they're a little bit more dune buggy a little less kind of uh low to the ground but that's that's easy to do i'll just print some suspension parts that will should look okay i'm gonna probably have to print some parts because they are so open just putting a piece of plastic card in there isn't going to work but it won't be too complicated the
0: the suspension widgets underneath those models are very fragile and you know i think it's got wishbone suspension i'm really stretching my mechanical knowledge here but i think it's wishbone suspension and it's you actually have to like glue two or three different parts together so uh, and they're fragile as anything.
1: So my thoughts currently is that rather than trying to add to those, is if I can build a part that sits between the bodywork and those. So they're still visible. You still get the forge world loveliness there. Mm. But maybe there's like a bigger fixture that can sit between them and add a few more contact points and then do the, do what I need it to do, which is raise the body off the ground.
0: Gotcha. Well, will be interesting. Look forward to seeing it. Well, obviously, once you've done some, we'll we'll tweet it. Uh, retweet it from the aoti account as well and people can see yeah. what what madness you've been creating
1: and again i think a bit like yourself i want to keep it flexible enough so i should probably magnetize guns on the tanks so that i don't necessarily fix as to what the day i did explore designing my own turret
0: yeah we had uh, a big old chat about that didn't we
1: um i think i think i like the idea of it i think i've currently run out of talent in my model making skills as in my 3d model making skills Mm. so i think i'm probably going to park it but if i magnetize the guns and probably any dudes sticking out the top i could always go back to it at a later date yeah so i don't want to really delay them as while i learn how to sculpt these things and the tricky thing is it's a bit 3d sculpt them it's about 3d sculpting them and 3d sculpting them in a way that it can be printed through uh, my type of printer so it's yeah there's, there's lots of steps to get there but i think again and so uh, that's my challenge but i think right now there's nothing wrong with the lehman rust don't get me wrong i'm just looking to yeah
0: add a look no, I did the same when i did my guard army you know probably a, yeah. a decade or go i I started hacking things apart. I started reversing things. I was, you know, doing like chimeras made out of rhinos, you know, to make them look like a Bradley. I was doing all sorts. And then I just spent so much time, and it was—I loved it. Really enjoyed it. You know, and that was what I was enjoying about the hobby: was tweaking and converting vehicles at the time. Yeah. But it did mean that when I wanted to add another chimera, I then had to go through all this rigmarole of. Building it yeah. all the exactly the same way, had to find you know the the Bradley kit that I'd used to use a turret was wasn't available in the UK, so I had to order it from Japan or something. You know, it just started to get a bit silly. So and the same for the Lehman Russ. You know, when you wanted to add another Lehman Russ, I had to like hack things apart, move it around, and then I ran out of this and ran out of that. It was just a pain in the derriere at the end. So I'm all for adding your own spin to things. I'm all for tweaks like you know making the buggies look different that's cool but complete scratch build from the ground up that's that's mad and i know i know that's the kind of thing you do anyway because you do things like that with your skaven but yeah i'm all about getting it on the table and uh making it look cool with with a little bit of tweaking but not all, all crazy
1: again one of the things i'm kind of looking at with the you know is there opportunities if these guys are outflanking if they're doing hit and run guerrilla tactics I'm thinking about, you know, what could maybe I put on top of them? Is there a symbol? Um, is there a flag? Is there something that becomes an identifier to stop friendly fire? So um, that could be an interesting way to add some colour to what, you know, if we're talking about them. as Astron- militarium do use camo. They do use, you know, environmental influences on the, the vehicles and the colours they use. So how can I then maybe bring that in? So that might be an interesting touch of color to add to them
0: yeah it should be quite interesting
1: again just going back to you know uh real world I, I mean i know you know in many ways modern vehicles and stuff can use infrared identifiers and all sorts of different things to ensure that they're we you know who the good guys are um but uh that doesn't really work at a tabletop level i oh, could probably put an infrared led and then give it passers-by goggles to see at work but
0: that is exactly the kind of thing that i was talking about steve <laughs> that you would do and that's why you win you know best army <laughs> just spray them all black and dry brush them and then paint them in infrared and then and then they would be like why is this army be nominated for uh, for best army and you'll be like put these night vision goggles on and have a look yeah <laughs> Oh, that's just... i'm not I'm
1: not googling that i'm not googling that yeah. right
0: <laughs> that is so you so look forward to seeing some space brains and some astro militarum from yep. steve and i in the near future i might do some later today hey there we go what basing shall i do what what is a good i think of using the um pre-printed stuff the sector mechanicus whatever it is or sector imperialist bases from games workshop
1: um i guess it's a, a tricky one because the old adage of You know, a good base is one that complements the model. So it brings the model to life. It's contrasting to the model. So the model doesn't necessarily disappear into it. And yet the cool thing is that if you can put some tuft or colour on there that picks out one of the colours on the model, you've actually got, like you say, you've got a rainbow army. Uh, So how do you do that? So maybe it does need to be something a bit more neutral. I do like your idea of using weathering powders. So it links the model to the environment and so that they've they've all got the same dusty ash feet or whatever.
0: I think I might go for a kind of like a light dust, you know, like a fact, let me just lean over to my painting desk and see what this is. What have we got here? We have, let's see, this is live. This is TV radio. Um, Dark mud by Mig. Yeah. It's a little bit too dark. Europe dust, Russian earth, and rubble dust.
1: Rubble dust? Is that rubble red? Rubble
0: dust. That, no, it's a kind of. Concrete dust. How do I describe this various different shade of brown?
1: <laughs> you speak boy words, Dan. It's a.
0: Baneblade brown kind of dust. <laughs> it's brown. exactly the same color as Baneblade brown. Bla- right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Easy for you to say. Yeah, b- no,
0: But I- bleed, b- bleed. Yeah.
1: Something dusty makes sense and, and, and pulls them together also you can that dust could actually end up for your vehicles um could end up being having a little bit more coverage you know on the top top surfaces and stuff like that
0: yeah no, that, that would be quite cool
1: and i think i think ultimately you're going to have a standout looking army and units anyway do you know what i mean you don't have to necessarily go disco disco dance floor for all the bases as well it's just going to end up
0: yeah no i th- i would quite like to do something that's quite simple and effective quite neutral so probably you know spray them black dry brush them up maybe maybe metallic you know like a soft metal, not like you know bright silver but yeah kind of dry, dry brush bulk metal then with some weathering powders
1: yeah they're in a um
0: some sort of facility manu- ma- yeah
1: manufactured environment
0: yeah exactly exactly yeah no good like it we shall see stay tuned for episode 32 where dan will be talking about the jungle basing that he's doing <laughs>
1: to his necrons
0: for his necrons yeah. <laughs> uh, you joke but it's true <laughs> right so let's talk about kind of what we we you know and uh, only an hour later or so yeah what something that was revealed was the psychic awakening yes it's a bit frustrating actually because for the past really since Vigilus came out i have i not been talking with you steve about doing a let's compare the Vigilus campaign books to the malign sorcery and forbidden power campaign books for age of sigmar and one of the questions we can ask ourselves is hey wouldn't it be cool to see a supplement that's all about psychic powers for 40k maybe they'll bring in endless spells for 40k and now they've teased psychic awakening which i think is basically that so yes so just just so everyone knows i am a 40k release hipster and i was totally onto this before it was cool I just need everyone you're to always that. cool Dan. i'm always yeah. cool yeah. he says painting his little toy soldiers so so yeah so that's that's my take on it psychic awakening i think it is a pan faction access to physical model representations of crazy psychic powers it,
1: it feels like the natural thing to do i think i think he is room for it in the game it's it's a supplement that you can choose to use or not use and like you say, it almost certainly we will be. I think an interesting um, element was that the icon at the end of the teaser video, you quite rightly identified as the uh, Astra Telepathica. Yep. So I think the tease there is what's their involvement? Did they just discover it first? Have they instigated this kind of awakening, this like You know, are they trying to play for power within their position within the whole structure of the Imperium? I don't know. Or, so I think-
0: or are they trying to shut it down? Is this because of um, the, the Great Rift? Okay. And you know the okay. whole, like, don't look at it thing? Yes. Maybe the Great Rift has spilled a... And, and, well, well, we know it has. Uh, you know, spilled a, an, an amount of... An increased amount of warp power into real space. And maybe there are more psychics coming up. I like that. So more psychic mutations those that have pre-existing ones become can become stronger maybe it's happening to those who are kind of closer to the rift yeah and then i think you know if it is going to look like models it will need to be quite quite primal models yes so things like fireball and force shield things like that you know that that anyone can use and i suppose if we look at the aos model
1: ooh, ooh faction I-
0: specific psychic powers
1: yeah wouldn't it be cool to start seeing um Sort of coloured semi transparent plastics.
0: Do you know? What? I'm I'm not a personally, I'm not a fan, aren't um, you? No,
1: oh, but for force shields and things like that, yeah, even, yeah. even, even if there was a, a you know support frame or well, we've or seen them, frame, we've don't seen don't
0: them for um Vansar, they've used the connect monitor, so so it is possible, yeah, absolutely. Did the Tau Tide Wall have them, or am I just thinking of yeah, no, I
1: think I think it did, I think it did, yeah.
0: so yeah, yeah, that's that's theoretically, I'm I, not really, I'm personally not a fan of them, it looks. I don't know. Not not just not for me.
1: As well as I think, the nice thing is it's um, continuing the story. So Vigilus was a um, a, a close up of a small piece of it. This definitely feels like it's much more of a galaxy wide happening. So I think that yeah,
0: yeah. Vigilus. That one of the I guess issues with Vigilus, and this is it's one of its strengths as well because it allows it to go to that depth. Is that it is just a snapshot of a certain place or places at a certain point in time now yes it does herald the return of abaddon the spoiler things like that so it does it does progress the narrative in that it it adds these kind of significant events that will impact the galaxy overall but the Vigilus story is kind of is focused on the event and the space itself and and yes i acknowledge that what happens at vigilus you know does will then impact the world and and it's such a strategic location etc etc but that's why it's so um, specific and it why why it can give you know maps and force organization charts and you know steve's favorite thing weather systems whereas (laughs) um whereas something like forbidden power or Malign Sorcery which are two expansions for Age of Sigmar if you're not not playing it they they exist across you know across the mortal realms so across the playable universe so it it's quite generic
1: so you, I guess now's the right time to kind of dive in and maybe compare the two
0: Sure. What what is Malign Sorcery? It is what introduced us to endless spells, wasn't it?
1: So this is this is where how we, we come back to the idea that psychic awakening is is, is a very similar thing, and that we had a, um, in this case for Age of Sigma, we had a catastrophic happening,
0: the Necroquake.
1: Yes, Nagash, the uh, the god of the of the dead, um, had a um, a master plan that this Skaven managed to scupper at the last minute. Um, it kind of worked for him. but <laughs> and
0: I would have got away with it if it wasn't for you, pesky yeah, rats.
1: <laughs> we love the rats. Oh, um, so good. It unleashed uh, magical energies throughout the realms. And so now we have these endless spells, which are a, a universal spell that any wizard can use. There's some specialist ones, but generally. Um, and they have some mad cap happening on the table, um, of which they can come back and bite you in the backside as much well, as do damage elsewhere so they are a uh, fun and uh, and actually well i, I want to think that what could have been a bit of a flash in the pan and that you kind of go well they're fun to use maybe narrative whatever but but you still see them in lots of competitive lists so i think there's, there's a there's a device to add to the game yeah and there's an interesting
0: in thing you, you you raised there steve is that this isn't like i don't know city fight rules which you you don't see those you know or planet strike you don't see those being played at match play, do you? Mm. Unless it's a specific event, you know, that yeah. th- this event will be doing a city fight game. Yeah. Um, it's not just you turn up to the table on game two and it's like, oh, and now we're using city fight and it's this this uh, this scenario. So Malign Sorcery isn't that. It isn't, these are, some, these are some rules that people just kind of tend to ignore because it's a bit crazy. These are used in the majority, well, certainly all the match play Age of Sigma events that I've ever been to since release. I've and not been to one that hasn't allowed them.
1: No. And they're allowed and they get used. I think that's the the other thing is that the, the ability for them to change how you build an army or how you use an army or something that you might think, oh, it's not quite as powerful. But actually, if I add this and this, that suddenly changes them malign sorcery was the start and then that's obviously evolved into forbidden power
0: and that's almost like part two of the expansion before we get onto forbidden power i should probably point out that not only does malign did malign sorcery introduce us to the physical models that represents the Ender spells but it also added uh specific rules for the realms so age of Sigmar split up into the the mortal realms it added artifacts or relics as we call them in 40k it added relics that were specific to those realms and it also added specific rules that you can use to set your game in that realm so let's say in the realm of fire you can say that all of the scenery is basically on fire and smoking or smoldering so that all of your scenery pieces become you know you draw a an i guess an imaginary vertical barrier so they block line of sight from their base to to the ceiling of the room. So there's no you can't see over a set of woods. It is just line of sight within that silhouette of the base. That is line of sight blocking all the way to the top of the room. Not to, you know, to the top of the model. That's an example. So we don't have those realms in forty K. So is it going to be potentially this is what you can access on one side of the rift, and this is what you can get on the other side, where, like the, where the light of the astra astronomicum isn't reaching. Yeah,
1: that then feels definitely like you're going to the dark side and you're exactly. going to be f- fighting at a disadvantage.
0: Or what about a kind of a, a shift? This is what's on one side far away from the rift. This is what's yep. on one side on the other side of the rift, but also far away. And when you get close, it is this kind of central zone. So maybe the powers on the kind of, let's call it the west of the Rift, where Terror is, on the Terror side of the Rift, maybe those are kind of more pure powers, more, I don't know, sort of elemental powers. And then maybe yeah. on the, you know, east of the Rift, as it were, you've got maybe kind of some more corrupting powers, more, you know, if you look at like what a Jedi can do versus what a Sith can do, there are healing yeah. spells and there are movement spells on one side. And then there are destruction spells and, you know, ripping people apart spells. Not not goodies and baddies spells, but... You know, style of power.
1: Yeah, the, the raw energy that you're looking to harness has got a, a bias or an influence to it. So. Exactly,
0: and then it, maybe in the middle, you've just got like <laughs> madness. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's when they have more corrupting uh, effects. You maybe this, m- maybe it's the same spell. Maybe you can have let's 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 say fireball or arcane bolt or you know whatever it's smite. You can smite someone harnessing the power that you would normally do, or you can smite someone harnessing the power of the rift and do more damage. You know, rather than d3 it does d6 but if you roll a one or a two it happens to you instead of them yeah i don't know you know th- this is these are just concepts that that could be used in something like this if this is what it is this podcast won't this episode won't age very well because in a few weeks time or a few months time this will be out and everyone will be like ha ha look how stupid dan and steve were <laughs> talking about what was inevitably the codex silent sisterhood <laughs> they thought it was this <laughs>
1: but you'll be happy anyway
0: i'll be happy because i'll have a silent sisterhood <laughs> <aren't> you? <laughs> yeah exactly so, <sighs>
1: yeah you're the, the other cool thing that both Vigilus and yeah, sigma expansions both do is they, they both give you not only context in the background but but actual battle plans and missions to bring them to life and to know how to play them i suppose or how to start playing them that's great for new players those that don't want to just you know Go through it, rip it apart, and pick out the bits that tell the stories. Which is great for me because we've got that much depth. The you know, realm artifacts, you've got realmscape rules. You know, and I think for me, the ability to go through and pick rules that are legal, if you like, if you want to call that GW written rules, and then apply them to your battlefield because, not necessarily because uh, you're in the realm of fire, like your example, but the fact that there is a furnace in the center of this or there's this lava pool in the center of the table we just apply it to that one piece because the heat shimmer that goes vertically up is so intense it just distorts all sorts of light and you cannot shoot through it well you can't shoot through it literally because of the, the 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 heat funnel that's going up is so intense it just burns arrows or just dissipates you know bolter shots it's, it's, it's giving richness and depth to the people that want to go all the way in and roll everything but it also gives you a helping hand and just you know play this mission add these couple of things and see how you get on that's what i like about them they're both kind of different so Vigilus and the forbidden power line sorcery books are different and i think we touched on it earlier The when we talked about the fact that um, although forbidden power actually talks about a realm in a bit more detail th- there is still mainly covering i was going to say global but realm wide there we go realm wide
0: yeah Um, universe spanning
1: yeah yeah within the playable
0: universe there you go thank
1: you very much so that so the 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 key feature the the vaults have got these hidden forbidden things in they're everywhere so the book has to cover that and to be fair the book is 90 odd pages and um that covers a lot so I think for what it does, it does it really well. However, the fact that we've got three times the number of pages for Vigilus, and the fact that it does go down to such a granular level that we're, you know we're not even we're not even talking about the round the space of one Age of Sigma realm, where I'm talking about one world. So, you know, realms are huge in Age of Sigma. We're just literally, and, you know, we've got maps. We've got maps of the world. We've got maps of the uh, high sprawls. We've got maps of down to to detail. And I I would love to see the Vigilus approach for Age of Sigma because I think now Vigilus doesn't have, doesn't, doesn't not come with its challenges, although I totally understand why. (laughs) I, I have a, Slight niggle that because Vigilus has to be a book for everybody, it means kind of everybody's covered off.
0: But it but it isn't. That's the thing. So ne- Necrons aren't in there. custodians aren't in there. I don't think. So it's. So I see what you mean. It is as it is a book for as many people as it can be. And, yeah, and I think we've all even discussed it as well. Like, could there be a chapter of Vigilus that isn't written in the book? Of course there is, like, Necrons. Why don't you just wake up on a small part of the desert that wasn't covered in the book and then you can play, so it doesn't feel like you're missing out. But then that's much like I'm doing with my Unnumbered Sons. That's kind of using the narrative as a framework to to explore your own games. That's fine. But Vigilus isn't as all... Yes, it is specific, and yes, it is details, but it isn't as all-encompassing as... The likes of forbidden power and malign sorcery.
1: Yeah, and 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 I need to be careful because I've been can become across to being a bit hypocrite hypocrite because when we were on the when me Rob and John were on the channel, we we talked about the fact that John wanted to play his Space Wolves, so we could just go and dip in the book and who's who was there and where were they stationed, kind of thing. So uh, I I suppose to me, my dream books were the the uh, Imperial Armour Forge World ones, where it was very much. One or two, maybe three forces with a, with a bunch of marine chapters that came to help out. But I can understand they're so specialist.
0: Yeah, I see what you mean. So, so in yes, so whilst Vigilus isn't for everyone equally, it is a book that is appealing to a wide range of customer base. Whereas something like Forge World that is slightly more specialist, they can afford to be like this story is about the second squad of the third Elysian regiment. and gunner number 17 is called bob and he's left-handed and here's what his last rifle look like you know that kind of thing yeah and if you don't collect lesions or you don't want to collect lesions or you aren't a fan of the random chapter that you've never heard of that rocks up to save them and you aren't a fan of whichever enemy they're fighting then that book isn't for you whereas at least yes if you're a necron player then maybe Vigilus. You're not buying it, but then that's only one of the factions. There are space marines, yeah. there are orcs, there are Eldare, et cetera, et cetera. There's a whole bunch of chaos in there. Yeah, I,
1: I, I th- and I, and I think I'd much rather see Vigilus be successful and we have more of them than something a little bit too elite that
0: a bit too a, f- a bit too specific.
1: Yeah, and only sells a few and they never do it again. So you know, I'm 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 being hypercritical. I think it's something that I was kind of surprised maybe with Vigilus that because we've had so many years and so many books and audio books and codexes and stories that you know could we just find a, a world where we could still explore this without it being more of the same Do you Reed, know like I mean?
0: Rodden, yeah yeah but i think the rift has created that the rift has created new areas of interest so this yeah. is all about the enactment gauntlet isn't it you know the this one of very few areas where travel across the rift is even possible so it becomes and that didn't exist an edition ago so uh. of course there's going to be a huge bunch of focus there
1: i still keep going looking in the book and going oh oh that'd be cool to do that bit there or play there or you know there's so many areas and you know i haven't even got to the the wastelands you know so maybe my talan might turn up at the wastelands in fact did i see that they were there So, so again you know for me this is you know when you look at the um it's not battle role, is it? Uh, what do they call it, Dan? Order of battle.
0: Order of battle.
1: There we go. Uh, let me just, um, Talan riders, there's two cavalry, two cavalier regiments, whatever they are.
0: But that's exactly, so it doesn't explain what a cavalier regiment is, no. whereas, a, whereas an imperial armour would. An imperial armour would be. And we're now comparing uh, forbidden power, malign sorcery, vigilance, and imperial armor. This the scope is expanding, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. you know. So yeah, that says there are two. But I like that. I like that it says there are two Talon Cavalier regiments. Doesn't explain how many you know left-handed tanks there are painted no. green in a Talon Cavalier regiment. So that if you do have a bunch of tanks that look as you know, let's say you have a bunch of Lehman Russ, can a Cavalier regiment for the Talon? beef of lemurrus yes it can let's yeah. say you have a bunch of chimeras can it include that yes whereas in imperial armor books it's like it has three lemurrus it has three salamanders yeah. it has three chimeras and if you've got seven of them you're like okay well where am i going to get these other four chimeras from what's the story behind that and yes that does give you scope to add in different regiments It does give you scope to just like we say before use the framework of the narrative to tell your own story but much like I'm, w- I'm wondering whether it's possible to do an unnumbered sons with void targets and sons of the phoenix in it. I'm very passionate about the 40k law. I-, I like it and I respect it. So I don't want to just twist something just for the sake of it, you know. Until Phil Kelly tells me to. <laughs> so, so if you do have the level of detail as you have in the imperial armor, it then the law can become restrictive to those that aren't ready, aren't as you know bonkers as you are, Steve, and ready to like you know 3D print your own universe
1: no i I totally agree I totally agree, and I think the the line up there so so we've got the, the the just going back to that one with the the Talanin. it's the uh otech combined defense group of which there are the vigilant creedsmen okay that three four regiments that sounds like we've got the Myersmen red cows three regiments, the hydroplant waterhounds what are they they sound cool so there's no definition there so they seem like hydro plants so that's obviously the water and obviously we all know water's important on on vigilance so are they actually are they uh, warhound titans that protect it or move it or so there's loads of wriggle room in there
0: or is it just that you know is it just the nickname is there a regiment yeah, yeah. astro arm regiment called the warhounds
1: yeah yeah, but it, 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 they become like almost like mini Phil Kelly's, if you like, and that you can just pick that.
0: The, these are your So these are the seeds, the narrative yeah, seeds that, yeah, that you're, exactly. you, we were talking about in the previous episodes yeah, of exactly. these are just the little snippets of lore that give you that the Kelly green light. Exactly, (laughs)
1: Kelly Green. That needs to be Kelly. Kelly Green. Yeah, Yeah.
0: absolutely. But exactly, this is that's exactly what this is. This is the Vigilus. is very specific and very deep in some ways because it it is allowed to be because it is about a specific location in a at a specific time. In its specificity, it doesn't become too restrictive because it has these other little seeds, and little snippets, and little offcuts that you can then expand into your own thing. Yes, you don't have Necrons there, and yes, you don't have Custodies there. But what's to say that a certain, you know, space marine chapter had an element of custodies attached to them for observing? Maybe it's a new yeah. Primaris regiment. Maybe it's Sons of the Phoenix. Maybe they've been a little bit too, a little bit too passionate in their uh, execution of the Emperor's will. So maybe they've got some <laughs> custodies there, watching, watching over them, just to make sure they don't, you know, start going all full-on word bearers. So, so yeah. maybe, maybe they, maybe they were custodies there and that that allows you to tell your own story
1: we can encourage people to find your own space to, to do what you need to do or you you know it's, it's 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 such a small little combat small little happening it just never got recorded in the in the records and they've never made it into the book yeah, I'd like to see more of the, the Vigilis books. And that's me being selfish because they are right up my street. Um, so I hope they've sold well. And it would be interesting to see if Psychic Awakening perhaps is bigger. Maybe it's a combination of the two, that it's like a Vigilis book, but we get some new so models. So what,
0: and- what does the ideal Psychic Awakening look like for Steve?
1: Uh, I tell you, This is what I'd love to see. I'd love to see... 150 pages where there is a where the 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 awakening happens and that's focused on quite deeply so we get some real maps and weather and names and orders of battle but the outcome of that encounter or that action or that disaster whatever it is then just blows out like a huge shockwave. That then affects everything and we get a sense of how it affects others and i love your idea of having the depends which side of the rift you are you know has a different uh, filter on those energies and then that means people like me i can go and fight it out on that black fortress or fight it out on that remote moon or in that hulk that's fallen out of the rift
0: that's no what, moon
1: yeah yeah, i'm happy to do space station fighting that's absolutely fine so i I I think i think if we well my
0: primaris army will be based appropriately for that so yes
1: yeah you're ready to go in and take it down so i think that would be cool so somewhere between the two that we get a universal you know galaxy wide impact but there are areas or there's a real focus on one area that those that like to play down to boots and shoelaces have got something to use how about you dan what do you want it to be
0: well i mean you've basically described a, <laughs> a great book there so it's hard to build <laughs> on that you know it's a, a book that covers stuff in amazing detail so that you can enjoy all the detail but also provides toys for everyone and you know those uh those in match play who don't necessarily need all the weather systems can can enjoy so yeah that does sound cool. What what I I would quite like to see something conceptually not not in as detail as you've just gone into because conceptually I'd like to see something that is taken up by the community that is welcomed by the community that adds a new a new perspective to the meta you know maybe helps armies that haven't been particularly strong you know gives them new options new toys. Yes. Equally if this is going to be galaxy spanning and access to all factions because that is the that is the crucial thing that Games Workshop said in there. Uh, Let me just find the... um, All we'll say for now is that this is a new galaxy spanning event that's going to have a significant impact on every Warhammer 40,000 faction. It looks like the Dark Millennium is going to get a whole lot darker. So, known Games Workshop, it's going to have a significant impact on every 40k faction. That doesn't mean, in my, in my interpretation of Games workshop E's, that doesn't mean every Games Workshop faction is going to be able to use this stuff. I think it means that in the law, it impacts every faction. Right, okay. Because yeah, yeah. if this is Endless Spells for 40k, what are Necron's going to do? Yeah. What are Dracari going to do? Yes. What are Black Templars going to do? Yeah, I know they're not a faction. They're you know they're a sub-faction, but, but you see what I mean? So yeah, yeah. So it's going to have a significant, significant impact on every 40k faction, sure, in the law, I think that it's probably going to be significant for most of the factions. So what would I like to see out of this book essentially is something that is accessible to most factions. I'm sure it won't, you know, those that don't cast psychic powers won't be using it. I'd quite like to see Sisters of Silence rules uh, for 40k. Mm-hmm. I would quite like maybe for this to include the kind of fully published custodies rules with maybe Beta sisters rules alongside it saying this is what a basically a talons of the emperor force in the 40k would look like yeah and that is because they have stood up in that way they are force organized in that way because of the events of the psychic awakening
1: yeah that sounds good if the set comes with those included as a as as an added bonus for those that want to roll them out but the the set itself as i say if it's got something for everyone i mean maybe those that don't have any psychic powers or uh, users if you like maybe they can end up with some abilities that make them able to tackle they can't wield it but maybe they can deal with it in a different way and maybe they've got another way of denying it if you see what i mean so
0: yeah maybe in the wake of the <laughs> the wake of the awakening um as a result <laughs> there has been significant investment by all factions in anti-psychic technology so yeah maybe necrons have a kind of an amazing off button yeah you know maybe jacari develop a kind of haywire that's specific a sort of you know haywire grenade that specifically targets the, the minds of psychers. yeah you know, so it causes haywire in, in people
1: yeah oh, i like that, that so so there's
0: definitely there's definitely things that i mean are these things all going to ex- make the book well hopefully it hasn't gone to print and they can listen to our inspirational <laughs> ideas and incorporate them but uh no I, you know this is all just this is what it could be and I'm sure there's probably elements of... If, if it does turn out to be uh, you know what we've just guessed, predicted, uh, then I'm sure elements of what we've said will, will be in the book and elements uh, will be in the book that we haven't even considered. Ultimately, I'm really looking forward to seeing this progress the next step of the narrative of 40K. It's been a while since Vigilus... Uh, it will be interesting to see what models this brings, yeah. how people change. Hopefully, as I say, hopefully it's it's taken up by the community and it becomes a staple part of the match play community. And it will be interesting to see how how people's lists change to to adapt to it. Yeah. I'm sure there will be things that are absolutely insane, and they will be faq in, in in due course or <laughs> uh, chapter approved in due course. But but it's it's cool. Uh, you know, change is good. It keeps us on the toes. It keeps lists interesting. It means that we're not just still facing up against taldar and wraith knights and riptides
1: the story's advancing the world's advancing so the game would advance at the same pace and i think that's a i think for me that feels like a much more healthy way to steer the balance if you like for those that need it rather than just being too heavy-handed with faqs let's let's use the ongoing expanding world and story as as a way of doing that so uh, that's that's smart i like it can i have it now then dan can i have it now what about
0: now? No, no, you can't have it now. <sighs> it's not out yet. We've got no hints either, have we? We, so, have a, uh... we literally have a 44 second video. So to be honest, Steve, the, the thing that I'm most concerned about right now about Psychic Awakening is that I don't get the chance to edit this podcast before Sunday and Sunday is the reveal of what it is and like the pre-order announcement. So there's a, <laughs> there's an incentive for me to publish this episode as quick as possible so that yeah the correct information not like i think we did something about shadow spear and then i had to go away with work so i didn't edit the shadow spear prediction episode or something like that and then it just turned out to be um or maybe it was orcs that was it yeah. wasn't it it was yonks ago. Yeah. it was before yeah. I, it was before i went on my little trip and uh, we did like a huge what cool things could an orc codex look like And then, whilst I was away, the Orc Codex came out. (laughs) I was just like, "That's really annoying." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I better, I better get to it. Yes. load up uh, audacity and start editing start clicking away yeah so i'm looking yeah. forward to it
1: yeah me too it's gonna be good
0: we'll leave it there however if you have predictions for the psychic awakening let us know what they are if you think we're hilariously wrong then tell us if you think have uh, you liked some you know what features of what we've guessed would you like to see what what things would you like to see that we haven't discussed so talk to us on uh, the usual channels so it's at aoti 40 k. On Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And of course, you can get hold of Steve on Twitter. At
1: TinRacerSteve.
0: And I am at DangerMouse425. However, if you'd like to write into us, write an email, uh, then you can send us an email. We are ashesoftheimperium at gmail.com. Not only that, but on the 7th and 8th of September, there is a charity event called 48 Hours of 40k, and we've got James uh, from MMX, James McKenzie, uh, here to talk to us about it. James is actually with us in the next episode, and uh, we've we've edited this in because by the time that episode comes out, it'll only be a week before the event, so we've got James here now talking about 40 Hours of 40k, a charity event, so uh, listen in, check out the show notes for more details as well, and if you can donate if you're nearby also get involved so james tell us about the event
2: there is an event it's not a tournament um it's a charity event it's uh, called 40 hours of 40k a friend of mine and two other guys there's th- three blokes doing it and they're going to play f- exactly as it sounds 40 hours of 40k in a row it's just three hour rounds Um, I'm going to be attending and playing three of the rounds just um, to be an opponent. They've got scheduled slots. They're not going to play each other. It's just going to be slots. Um, It will be streamed. So keep an eye on Twitter and we'll try and get some information on where the stream will be. Um, And they're doing this marathon event um, for the charity calm, which is the campaign against living miserably, which is a men's mental health charity, which is a great thing. If you look for it on Facebook um, i'll try and share it on twitter as well after this comes out
0: and we'll stick it in the show notes as well once we've got a few yeah. more
2: details and links um it is uh all charitable donations all every penny goes to the charity um there's some raffles which you can bid on there's a, a full commission painted army that's going into a raffle um and a bunch of other stuff going in um it's been run by andrew weller who's one of the guys who was named a warhammer hero earlier on the year and it's being run at Imps Gaming. So, if you want to come down, if you're local to Lincoln and wanted to come down, I think they're charging a fiver uh, to play games on them. If you're uh, the spot, so the players are all booked up, but you can tell them to play casual games. Pay a fiver is the suggested donation. You can pay more or less if you really want to. And all that will go to Calm as well. It's just a big, big fundraiser, a lot of fun, a lot of uh, funny games going on. Uh, my games, personally, I've got a cinematic one which me and Andrew are going to play, where he's got his full Cavalry Death Corps of Creed. Oh, yes.
0: To, yes. Yeah.
2: We're going to fight it against a Monster Mash Tyranid list. And we've also got a, for my games, there's going to be a competitive one because it's the week before London GT. And myself and my fellow TMRMX member, Tom, will be playing our London GT lists in a full competitive game uh, where we're just going to take our list to town and see what we can do to each other with them. Brilliant. And then I've got a comedy with Tom as well, where he's going to roll his D12 to see which army he plays. I've I no idea what I'm going to bring to that game yet, but we're just going to have a laugh. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. They're going to be real grumpy by the end of 40 hours of 40k, I'd
0: expect. I bet, yeah. But the most important thing is it's raising money for an incredibly worthy cause.
2: We'll, we'll try and cover, cover more. When's that on? That is the week four London GT. So we are frantically checking my diary now. Yeah, the 7th and 8th of September. We'd we'd appreciate any support on it. The guys doing the marathon are going to be struggling by the end of it, so anything you can do to support them, please do. I'll go down and I'll try and get some coverage on there as well, get some pictures up on Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that. Um, Hopefully do one of the stream games as well, so I can talk incessantly about 40k to you while playing 40k. 40K (laughs) kception
0: Must go deeper into the dream. Into the warp. And of course, if you are making good progress with your tales of many painters, and uh, I should point out that it is hashtag tale of many painters, not tale of many gamers, as I uh, had to edit out all the various different hashtags that I used in the previous previous episode, <laughs> and it's copy and paste the correct one. Uh, so there's a reason. If you've detected that when I when I read out, if you listen to episode 30, when I read out hashtag tale of many painters, uh, it all sounds the same. It's because it's a copy and paste audio link because I only said it correct once. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. The secrets behind the podcast, eh? I shouldn't tell people that. I should should just let people know that it's all seamless and perfect. Exactly. But exactly. we are human, Steve. That makes us relatable to these other humans that we're speaking to. <laughs> what a human. <laughs> Just about. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Hashtag. Tell of many painters. Get involved if you haven't already. So you've, we're still in week uh, week one, or in fact, we're still in month one of two. So the first uh, couple of months uh, is a there's a larger commitment. So check out our pinned tweet on Twitter at AOTI40K for the details. And look forward to seeing some more uh, some more content and some more more progress on from everyone. But until then,
1: happy hobby. Cheers, guys. Bye.